Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1794. Three Relationship Mistakes You May Be Making Right Now and What to Do Instead by Dr. Kathy McMahon of CouplesTherapyInc.com. Hello, everybody, and happy Monday. Thanks for starting your week off with us here on ORD. I'm your host and narrator, Greg Audino, coming to you once again with a post from one of our newer contributors, Dr. Kathy McMahon. I've really enjoyed the content that she shared with us thus far, and today's post is no exception. So listen closely, and be sure to stick around until the end for my commentary as well, as we begin this post now and optimize your life. Three Relationship Mistakes You May Be Making Right Now and What to Do Instead by Dr. Kathy McMahon of CouplesTherapyInc.com What are the top three common relationship mistakes? The answer might surprise you. When you fall in love, it's easy to imagine that your healthy relationship will bring you wonderful personal growth and long-term companionship. No doubt your partner feels the same. But as the relationship goes on, it's easy to expect your partner to stay the same. But moving in brings new challenges to many couples. Is your mistake expecting perfection? Having to set new boundaries? Most issues that spark marital conflicts cannot be resolved. Relationship Mistake 1. Criticisms and Harsh Startup A softened startup is the soft initiation of a request for behavior change. John Gottman's research has revealed distinct patterns of negativity that he calls the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Criticism is one of those horsemen. But the way you complain really makes a difference. The best complaint is narrow in focus and is limited to the facts at hand. Criticism and harsh startups. Criticism attacks the partner's character. It points out character flaws or evil intent, and it comes out swinging with the first few words. You're so lazy. Why are you so selfish? You are useless. Research tells us that the first house, criticism, is pretty common. Criticism becomes problematic when it is the primary way you relate to each other. Try softened startup. Women, who tend to be the ones to complain, should notice how they start out their complaints and intentionally try to soften them, just as you would approaching a beehive. And a little soothing smoke doesn't hurt either. Many years ago, I worked with a couple, I'll call them Sam and Linda, to improve the way that they communicated with each other. I encourage Linda to start out with some sweet words of understanding. Look, honey, I know you worked late tonight, but I'm dead tired and made dinner for the last three nights. Do you mind doing it tonight? Soft startups aren't about hiding your annoyance. It's okay to be annoyed at the consequences, but try to provide an explanation that doesn't suggest a character flaw. Second mistake, defensiveness. Gottman defines defensiveness as defending one's innocence, warding off a perceived attack, meeting an attack with a counterattack, a righteous stance of indignation, or whining, an innocent victim stance. You can do this in any number of ways. Denying responsibility for a problem, it's all the partner's fault, cross-complaining, or whining. 
accept responsibility for your role in the marital struggle. Not doing so leads to escalation. What to try instead? Sam should own up to his contribution and accept responsibility instead of getting defensive. Instead of explaining why you are right and your partner is wrong, explain why your partner is bringing up a good point and how you need to take heed. Third mistake, batting back influence. You know the scene. Sam has just sat down after work to read the daily news online when he hears his partner Linda call up to him. Sam, can you give the kids a bath while I fix dinner? Sam chooses not to answer. Linda is at his office door. Are you ignoring me? Are you going to give the kids a bath or what? Sam looks up quickly but doesn't meet her eye. He looks back at the online news. He mumbles something. Sam is talking to himself about how little free time he has and how hard he works. What, Sam says. He's finished the article, but he hasn't read a word. I said I would. Sam is now gaslighting. He didn't respond to his wife. He ignored her. If Sam is intentionally ignoring his wife to get downtime with his online news, or breaks his promises or his commitments to her, his repeated behavior will be seen for what they are, manipulations. What to try instead? This is a destructive interaction. It can lead to long-term problems. If it's a new pattern, pick a time to sit down and have a serious talk about setting boundaries. Linda begins this serious talk by telling Sam that she's been unhappy with some of the ways he's been treating her. If this is the first conversation about this, she explains that she knows he cares about her, but his behavior is impacting the way she feels about him. She tells him she's afraid it will destroy the relationship. If Sam is receptive, she might offer some examples of the kinds of behavior she's talking about. She avoids getting into an argument about the details. If Sam acts poorly in response, denies, counterattacks, acts defensively, she should say, This is an example of what I'm talking about. You are negating my experience. Please stop it. She ends by telling Sam that from now on, she's going to let him know when his behavior has become offensive and that she hopes he will cooperate by being open to these reminders. Relationship Maturity Sam needs to be transparent with Linda, according to Gottman. He has to be responsive when she talks, notice I did not say agree with her, keep his promises, and do what he says he'll do. Gottman says that we need to know that our partner is an ethical, moral person, a good person, someone who will treat us and others with high moral standards, integrity, honesty, kindness, love, and goodwill. We have to be able to trust our partner's intentions, motives, and actions toward us. When you feel like other people's or your partner's needs always take priority over you, this needs to be addressed. Sam's needs are also important. He should talk directly about those needs and not expect Linda to know what he wants. Conclusion Let's face it. Fighting between couples is more the norm than the exception. According to one researcher, Couples have more than 300 arguments each year. Fighting isn't the problem. Getting angry isn't a relationship mistake either. The key is how each of you responds to the fight. Keeping your feedback as complaints instead of criticisms, practicing soft startups, don't anger the bees, and responding with openness to complaints instead of getting defensive or batting back influence will go a long way toward keeping that beehive humming and avoiding these three common relationship mistakes. You just listened to the post titled, Three Relationship Mistakes You May Be Making Right Now, and What to Do Instead, 
by Dr. Kathy McMahon of CouplesTherapyInc.com. Thanks a lot to Dr. Kathy for this one. This post definitely covers a lot of ground. Those three mistakes can be found in traces within a lot of different relationship troubles we might have. I agree with her, though, in that those soft startups, those rhetorical skills we have to possess in order to maximize our communication, go such a long way. And a lot of the time that we find ourselves not being able to do this, not, you know, uh, being able to initiate confrontation in a soft way, is because of not just our hurt, but our hurt compounded by a misguided idea of how to make communication happen. For many of us, desires for communication and self-expression can turn into us, you know, just saying whatever's on our minds and presenting it with whatever energy and whatever way we choose to. And this is where many people stop when they try to be more communicative. It already feels like enough if we're not holding back and saying what we need to say, right? But there is a collaborative portion of communication that's often forgotten. In order for the most progress to be made, many times we have to consider not only what we want to say and how we want to say it, but also how our partner is best apt to receiving it. And when something is presented aggressively, it's often not received well. So the big question today is how can you toe that line? Not repressing your thoughts and feelings, yet also being cognizant of how you're presenting them and making adjustments accordingly. It's a really important thing to think about. So I'm going to leave you to it and get out of your hair for today, everyone. Have a great start to your week. Good luck out there. And of course, I hope to see you again tomorrow for more ORD. That's where your optimal life awaits.